Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Warm-ups, not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kamiya Moravi, and joined today by Jack Shields. You guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you get a podcast. Go and give us a five-star review because it makes us easier to find, and, well, we just appreciate it, you know? Do it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. But, man, this is, this is the latest we've recorded in a, in a minute, and um, it's Wednesday night. You know, how's, how's your week been so far? We're halfway through the it's week. Been, it's been good other than getting a speeding ticket on Broadway Extension yesterday. Yikes. Yeah, biker cop. Nice guy. He knocked my thing down to one to ten miles an hour. I was going seventy six into sixty, but like, uh, anyway, nice of him to knock it down. But there were like five of them on Broadway Extension yeah. yesterday. Like, Why were you in absurd. such a hurry? Is my question. I wasn't. I just kind of drive fast. But oh, like, okay. I listen to sometimes I listen to music and it makes me drive fast. But like, uh, yeah. and then I space out and then I, I don't know drive faster than I should. But anyway, Broadway Extension biker cop. Be careful. I think they're trying to meet a quota. Anyway. Police officers don't have quotas. Ah. What are you talking As about? I Man, to me, like, so, like, at work, I've been at work this week, but not actually been at work. I, instead of being at my actual place of work, I've been at an administrative building and been doing other types of work. It's, it's real weird, but, like, it's been really passing the time because by the time I go to my real place of work, it's going to be Friday. And it'll be like I just never was really at work that, the entire week. So, like, what are, are the students just watching movies during the week, or are they not having oh, school? Oh, no, they, they have they have documents to dissect, analyze, um, read, and uh, kind of uh, critically look at. So Interesting. I could have given them a movie, but I'm, I'm not, I'm a mean person, I guess. I guess, apparently. I'd be pretty mad at you, frankly. Yeah, I should have given them, like, Friday Night Lights to watch. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, you should have let them watch like Band of Brothers or something like that. Band like, of Brothers is a good teacher? one. Yeah. yeah. But let's talk about this week's game because there was not a game last week, and like you know, BYE. It's been it's been it's been too long. It's been too long. The Oklahoma Sooners take on the Iowa State Cyclones at seven p.m. It's a night game, and so if you're going, I want to bring someone warm to wear on get Fox. Crunk. Get crunk, yes. Oklahoma's favored by 14 and a half, and the over-under is 68 total 
points. And news coming out of this game is from the, it's made the Twitter news, it's made ESPN, it even made ESPN, which is like outrageous, where Jalen Hurts keeps on saying he's looking forward to going to 1-0 this week. And he keeps on saying that. And Eddie Rodosevich, before the end of the presser, says, so just to clear things up, you prefer winning to losing this week, is that correct? And Jalen just refuses to smile or laugh, and ESPN ran with it without the context, and they're and like all the all the Twitter geeks are out and like, I can't believe they should give the athletes the right to punch reporters if they ask stupid questions. And I'm like, you are not understanding Fucking this dipshits. joke. I mean, not Emmanuel Acho was one of them. I mean, yeah. he tagged in Adam Schefter. He was like, see, look at this. This guy's dumb. You're the dumbass, dude. You're what the French call les incompetents. It's just like, how? How? How do you not get that's the joke? Shouldn't you just assume right off the bat that someone's fucking around? It's Eddie. I mean, yeah, he was exactly. on game day like, like three weeks earlier. By and he's an ESPN employee, so he should God. be up to speed on that. Good grief. Unbelievable. Gosh. And, he and, should be as on board with the Horns Up for Peace movement as yeah, anybody. An ESPN employee, they, they ran that they ran that special on the, during the game day. Of that week, just it is just lazy. like, come on, man. Come on. But anyways, talking about the team, they uh, because, of course, after a loss, especially a, tw- a team with good leadership, they will typically have a team only meeting or a team meeting in general. And they did not wait long after that loss in Manhattan to hash things out, as you will, um, with the leaders on the team being Jalen Hurts, Kenneth Murray, these are the two alpha male, alpha males, alpha dogs on the team, and they did it, I think, at Will Rogers Airport. They got in the airport and got into a room, and uh, from what I understood, Jalen was the only one talking, and everybody was listening, and they are laser-focused this week heading into this game against the Cyclones, and what a what a, t- what a team to face, you know? They're, they Another are... team that's probably going to be laser-focused. That's yeah. why I think this is going to be pretty entertaining It'll on be a Saturday. good game. Matt Campbell's a good coach. Now, do they have players that they've had in the past on offense? No, but is their defense in the middle pretty stout? Yeah, I love all three of their linebackers. I do. I love all three of their linebackers. They're so good. John Haycock. Their offensive and defensive front are also very good. They yeah. essentially return everyone from last year mm-hmm. on both ends, so... John Haycock devised that three-three-five to combat spread offenses and to combat really Oklahoma in general. And Oklahoma, they're still unsure about DTY and um, Grant Calcaterra playing. Honestly, in this year's scheme, Grant Calcaterra, obviously, you want him back, but right. he's not making as much of a difference this season. So it's true. It's not quite as big of an absence, but DTY for sure, as thin as you are at safety, I mean, man. That's a huge, yep. huge void right there if he's not able to play. I think he'll end up going, um, but it's 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 still concerning because those safeties are starting to really come around. And mm-hmm. people just dismiss the fact that DTY and Parnell Motley were not playing in that Kansas State game, and at least in the second half, and people just seem to forget that. And that's kind of significant. But what's more significant and more pressing and what Riley caught more shit and fire from the fans and the media from was Oklahoma's running backs two weeks ago, Trey Sermon, Kennedy Brooks, six combined total carries. So my question is, why? 
part of it was the flow of the game, obviously. Part I mean, you were it was late in the game, and I mean, obviously, you do a lot of zone read stuff, and it's not the Trevor Knight zone reads. So sometimes the quarterback's keeping it. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is going to keep it sometimes. Maybe Jalen Hurts was keeping it a bit too much, but uh, is Jalen Hurts a high IQ football player? Yeah, I think he is, but I'm not sure. Yes, he is. I will say <laughs> you, you paused. You paused. Yeah. I mean, it's his first year in Lincoln Riley's offense though, right. at the same time. So, I mean, right. I, I think it's, I don't think I would call him a low IQ football Yeah, I don't think I would either. All. He's I mean, not he's stupid. He's clearly a very sharp kid. He's a, he is a football coach's son, and he has been quarterbacking his entire life. That would make sense. Of course. He's very laser focused. He's very driven. Never have to worry about Jalen Hurts being a driven thing. I just, I just wish he would give a little more personality. I mean, like, and that's like, if that's my my biggest, I thought Eddie was gonna break him in that. Press I conference. thought he would too. He was so he close. nearly broke. You knew he wanted to smile because he can't. He if, he smirked. If OU wins this week, I bet Eddie breaks him. He smirked and kind of smiled, but I want him to laugh because like Eddie Baker and Eddie Baker's a special. So like we can throw that out the door. Like Eddie and Baker would just go at it. At press conferences, and it'll be the funniest thing. And even Eddie and Kyler, Kyler, who is also very self-reserved, and even Kyler would joke back and forth with Eddie. Kyler's a little more awkward on the personnel side. The but, t-shirt, the shirt oh, thing God, was funny. So good. And and Radosovich, Eddie tried to make a joke about that, and with Jalen, and Jalen's just not having it. Like, come, like I know this is a business decision for you, Jalen, but come on, man, it's okay. Like. He's still stuck in Alabama mode, and at, at a certain point, you got to respect the professionalism. You got to respect the the game. Yeah, he's just trying to be one to know, but it's like ah, he's he's so coached under coach speak. It's not even funny. But anyways, um, we're 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 joined later by Levi Stevenson from Wide Right and Natty Light, but we're gonna talk about it now. Iowa State's undefeated in Norman since Lincoln Riley became the head coach. One to know. One to know. I was at the game that they won. When I was too. OU wore the all red Rough Rider yeah. uniforms. I thought they looked all right. I they looked okay. Yeah, they, I I didn't complain too much, and they should have won that game. Just a series of unfortunate events. CD Lamb got hurt from halftime, and CD Lamb got hurt, and then they just couldn't do anything. And didn't Abdul Adams get hurt? And he was like the starting running back coming into that game. Yeah, he was I, playing pretty well. A couple more injuries were were into that, but yeah, it was it's a weird situation, and um. Man, it's just this game. I think has an opportunity to be something special, or I think Oklahoma has an opportunity to really kick around this team, dependent upon how sharp and focused they come out on defense. I think offensively, they'll be fine. Um, how do you see this thing playing out? What, what do you think is going to happen? It's a not. It's a night game. It's in Norman. The fans haven't seen Oklahoma football in two weeks. They're probably going to be liquored up. Um, yeah, what, like what it, it depends on how OU comes out of the gate because Iowa State's going to be intense coming out of the gate. You yeah. know, I mean, they've been they've had this one circled the entire year. You know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, and obviously they have a great coach. They're going to be prepared. So, I mean, I could picture OU starting a little bit slow and really having to buckle down at some point. So, like and the obviously, I mean, offensively with Iowa State, Charlie Kohler. He creates a lot of matchup issues because he's so versatile as a tight end. He can put his hand in the dirt. He can get in the slot. He can go outside. Mm-hmm. So they really don't show their hand no matter where they put him. I think you're going to see a lot of David Aguebu this coming game instead of yes. Buki because Charlie Kolar has a good foot and a half on Buki. Yeah. 
It's pretty. I don't know if Buki's physically capable of tackling him. I remember Norman North playing Tulsa Union, and Charlie Kolar was one of the reasons why um, Norman North was able to take down Union in the regular season. He gave them a lot of problems. A very different Union. Union and Jinx are nothing right they're, now. Yeah, they're it's not, they're, absurd. They're, Union and Jinx are nothing to brag about. It's all about Owasso now. Yeah, Owasso, Broken Arrow, now Bixby in 6A2. Yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Charlie Kolar, Norman North product, and then he's a tight end. It's going to be pretty good. He's probably going to make himself some NFL money. And like you said, uh, Kittle, um, also a Norman guy that yeah. also didn't go to OU. Son of the worst tight ends coach in the history of this university. Yep. Bob's golf buddies. <laughs> Kittles. Uh, but yeah, yeah, oh man. If you've definitely read, not nepotism or anything. Yeah, if you've read uh, Bob's book, it'll just make you a little more angry. Knowing all that stuff that went down, he's like, oh, "Doing friends a favor," and, and it's like, "Anyways, I'm not trying to get sad. I'm trying not trying to get angry." But yeah, how, this game I see how it playing now is I think Oklahoma comes out turned on. I think on defense, I wouldn't be surprised. Turned if they on, play. yeah, turned on. All right, laser focus turned on. Sharks with freaking sharks with freaking laser beams on their heads. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Oklahoma force a three and out or a, 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 maybe even a turn. This is groundbreaking. Maybe even a turnover in this ah. game, and not a how turnover. How long has it been? Too long. That's how long. I really don't know. It's been like four games, right? I think it was Texas Tech. Maybe did they get a turnover against Texas Tech? Yes, because okay, I think that was the last Gallimore because they didn't stripped, force one against Texas. Yeah, the Gallimore didn't, uh, stripped. Uh, didn't have one against West Duffy Virginia from behind. There you go. But yeah, man, it, I think they'll force a turnover in the thick of the game and not at the very end. That I think I'll, I think it'll they'll give them extra bit of juice, but I see Oklahoma running the ball a little bit more. I see Oklahoma like I'm saying running the ball with the running backs and not just Jalen. And I see Oklahoma honestly having a, a decent game. And because Iowa State, they've got great great guys in the middle. They got great linebackers. They have a great defensive front. Um, their defensive backfield not as impressive as years past. And I can see Oklahoma really making a lot of money on sweeps and uh, on uh, or fake sweeps and just getting the defense out of alignment because of what Lincoln Riley can do when he's not trying to be cute. Um, do you have anything else as far as how you see this game kind of playing out for the Sooners and the Cyclones? Well, as far as the score prediction is yeah. concerned, I'm going to go, let's see, Oklahoma 45, Iowa State 35. How about that? Wow. Yeah, with Iowa State covering there. I'll go with I'll go Oklahoma thirty-seven, Iowa State um, thirty-one. Okay. Of course, we were both picking spreads fourteen and a half. Yeah, we're both picking the Sooners, but not picking them to cover the spread at all. I it's, I feel uncomfortable with this game, even though it's going to be a dogfight. Even though the week or the the next game Oklahoma plays after they lose to an opponent is typically an ass kicking by the Sooners. Uh, I don't I don't. This is not TCU. This is not. Uh, Kansas is not a team that Oklahoma can just roll all over just because they're Oklahoma. Uh, Iowa State, Matt Campbell has them very well coached. You look at Alex Grinch. And a defense that's designed to stop this yeah, kind of offense, yeah. too. I mean, you, you look at Alex Grinch and how intense he is, and that's Matt Campbell. It's, they are cut from the same cloth and from the same university, Mount Union. and um, That's a winning culture right there, they too. Will, I mean, yeah, big time. They will be so prepared, and Matt Campbell will have his guys there. Now, Oklahoma's not going to line up 12 yards off the ball and let uh, backup quarterback Kyle Kemp, Zeb Nolan, whatever you want to say, 
just throw the ball over the yard. They are they will pressure, and uh, so I'm just curious to see what happens. But I think Oklahoma 37, um, Iowa State 31. I think it'll be big. And I think Lincoln will, will have learned his lesson from the K-State game, and maybe if it's a fourth and one around the 30, maybe he'll just actually go for it instead of kicking the field goal. Now Gabe Burkett would make that field goal, but maybe he'll just actually just go for it and get try to get seven. So That's what I'd like to see. We are about to go to a break from our sponsors because we were joined by Levi Stevenson from Wide Right and Natty Light, and he talks for... Quite a bit and talk. We we talks get into, for quite a bit. We, yeah, he we, likes to talk. Yeah. We we get into a, a lot of discussions here. We talk we talk about a lot of things and uh, have a lot of interesting and maybe even some awkward laughs. But um, after that, we have some other things going on talking about right now. But we'll send you guys to break. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, guys, today we're joined by Levi Stevenson from Wide Right and Natty Light. Thanks for coming on. For the people that missed it, I just totally botched this interview, but I didn't press the record button. So it's nice. No harm, no foul. So are we starting now? Or yeah, man. The... Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm doing good. Just, just want to make sure you guys are okay. It's really where I'm at right now. Debatable. Yeah, I'm that's, a, that's a good question. I'm drinking too. But have you been drinking? I have not because I just got here. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We can't all we can't you can't win them all. I suppose not. But it's we, true. we will eventually win them all because now that it's underway, we'll start winning. So Kami, are you wanna well, get this the, rolling? That's the idea anyways. Oh of course. Yeah, yeah. So Levi, with the cyclone starting the year at five and three. How are the Iowa State fans feeling about the season um, relative to the expectations through these first eight games with Matt Campbell at the helm? So, so the where we're at. Hold on one second. Okay, now so where we're at basically is we're a couple games behind where we thought we'd be. Yeah, we were hoping maybe to be uh, six and two, seven and one, possibly eight and zero coming into this. Um. And we're sitting at five and three, which is you're a game behind. Um, and but, it, but kind of the, the weird part about the game so far has been that you know the first two losses were by three combined points. You know both were basically games they should have won, just didn't. And then the Oklahoma State loss, um, they played terrible and still kept it to a one score game. Um, probably should have won that one too. So we're going to, you know, no matter how this season ends up, we're, we're going to be looking back at, you know, they could honestly, you know, say they win and say Iowa State wins in Norman and they win out, go to the Big 12 title game, win that thing or whatever. We're still, as Cyclone fans, going to be looking back on those first three, on especially the first two, Baylor and Iowa. We're going to be looking back on those two saying, just just kicking ourselves, just, man, we should have won those. We really What's should have. What's the deal with Iowa State having issues with Iowa, even though they should clearly beat them? So, yeah. 
That's a long and complicated history. You're tearing um, on the heartstrings here. Like it's been that way for the oh, past three, so, four years. I feel like longer than that. <laughs> At least. I know. Well, yeah. So it's it's usually like we play better than we always play better than them, and then for no no apparent reason at all, we just decide to completely shit ourselves. Am I allowed to swear in your podcast? Yes, you can do whatever <laughs> yeah. you want. Okay, you so want. we actually we just completely poo down our leg, um, right? You know, right there when it matters, right at the end of the game, and um. You know, this year we outgained Iowa by like 150 yards or something like that and um, looked pretty good. Couldn't finish out some drives, which, you know, early season stuff is kind of tricky. And that's, that's actually part of the reason why the Cyhawk game in particular is always a really weird one because it's early in the game. Or, sorry, it's, it's, it's really early in the season. So both teams are still like trying to figure everything out, but they're two completely different teams. I mean, that, I mean it, it honestly is a lot like when Oklahoma played Army last year. Early in the season, two completely different teams, and it ended up just being a totally wacky game that made no goddamn sense whatsoever. And it's always like that because everybody, you know, rivalry week and all that stuff, it's like week 14 in college football. And, like, like Bedlam is super late. and You know, OU Texas is in October. You know, people are – the teams are I've already kind of gotten up and going. They've got a general game plan. They're, they've, they're pretty – they're organized. Whereas, you know, first, second game of the season – you know, some teams are more prepared than others, but you know every team's still kind of trying to figure things out a little bit. And then you have Iowa comes in with this power eye bullshit or whatever, and shows up, and we're like, and Iowa State's team is built to stop the Big Twelve, not Iowa. So it's it's already a weird thing there. And then we just then you get all the other stuff with it. And this year with the stupid marching band stuff, do you guys hear about that? Yeah, we heard about mm-hmm. it. I don't know how you couldn't have. I, that, that doesn't. It doesn't sound like Iowa State fans. They're very hospitable, in my experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, I'm not going to be sitting here and pretend that every single Iowa State fan is on, you know, halfway to court, you know, halfway to sainthood. But, um, but generally speaking, I like to think that Iowa State fans are generally pretty well behaved, pretty pretty fun loving people. Not going to, you know, they're not, they wouldn't do something like that. Um, and a lot of the evidence so far has pointed to the fact that. Iowa fans, Iowa Bama was kind of overreacting. They just didn't follow directions, all that. You know what? I don't really want to get into this. <laughs> I asked this out about two months ago about, about over this shit. Um, so, yeah. We can go on. We I don't know how long you guys want this podcast to be. We can go to – we can do Cyhawk stuff for a while. <laughs> we can do a little uh, bit of Cyhawk stuff. Yeah. You want to talk about this you, for like 30 seconds a, to a minute, we can bit. do it. You get like – you get like a basic intro, couple sentences, or you get side talk. Like you don't, you don't get to just be like, oh, I want a little bit of it. It's not a thing. Gotcha. Well, I'll let you roll with it. Doesn't matter. Just you know, it really it doesn't matter what you what you want me to get upset. And that's just. Come <laughs> <laughs> here. I'll leave it up to you. How about that? You're gonna, be, you're gonna make me drink these beers a lot faster than I was planning on. I'm about to pop another one. Ah. <sighs> Well, this is going off the rails very quickly. In the spirit of you not getting too upset, thing that people came to this podcast for. Yeah, of course. All right, question two. Clones obviously lost some great players to the NFL. David Montgomery, who's on my fantasy team, and Hakeem Butler. But who has picked up the slack at the skill positions thus far? Uh, okay, so the running back is Brees Hall. He is. Um, if it's the first two games, I was running back by committee, and it was really it was just is mostly just bad. 
Um, part of it was the offensive line wasn't getting a lot of push, but now the offensive line has been really solid the last few games. Brees Hall is has been every bit as good as advertised coming in. Um, yeah, yeah, hundred and he had basically through two and a half, you know, two and a half games after he, you know, from his start. He had the first two starts and then the half against the first half against Oklahoma State. He had four hundred something yards rushing and seven touchdowns. Hmm. Um, so I mean, there, you know, when he gets the ball, he's extremely productive. And it honestly comes down a lot to Iowa State sticking with the game plan to run the football. Because for whatever reason against Oklahoma State, they decided to pass 62 times. Nobody can figure out why. Um, but when Brees Hall has gotten, you know, his 20 to, 20 to 30 carries, he's been extremely productive. Um, so he's been the main guy picking up the slack there. And then the receiver spot, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, it's it's a by committee type thing, but it's it's for good it's a good committee. Um, Tariq Milton is largely your big play threat. He's a, you know I, I'm not sure he's I think he's averaging like 23 yards a catch or something like that. Doesn't have like a ton of catches, but he's got enough where he's you know he's dangerous. Deshante Jones is your underneath slot guy. He's he's uh, he's caught more than 10 balls a couple different times this season. Um, he, he's like he's largely the I would say we'll hit him in the screen game quite a bit. Um, one of the and then the Michael Petway has kind of become the receiver um that they go to on third down a lot where if you need seven yards you get you know give like michael petway an in route or something like that you can hit him there and give you a first down um the big the biggest difference between you know two years ago last year and now this year is the tight end spot at iowa state um there's it's kind of a three-headed monster there between chase allen uh dylan saner and norman oklahoma native charlie kohler the best um, norman tight end since george kittle mm-hmm. I mean, that also didn't go to OU. Yeah, that also didn't go to OU. His dad was the worst tight ends coach in the history of this university. It's true. It's true. Uh, and, you know, so it, especially Charlie Kohler, all three of them are very capable receivers and blockers. Uh, Dylan Sainer's the best blocker. Chase Allen's kind of a balance. Ch- Charlie Kohler is the best receiver, but they will use all three in both roles. Um, and I think it was every single every single offensive play against Oklahoma State had a tight end, and I think it was something like 53 or 55 percent of all of every set had two tight ends or more. Um, so they've really started. You know, they tight ends are fully in the offensive game plan now. Um, Charlie Kohler is head and shoulders above every other tight end in the Big 12, um, statistically and probably talent wise. And he's probably if 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 he, I'm assuming, keep assuming he keeps on his pace that he's on now. If he's not a Mackey Award finalist, it'll be a travesty. Um, he's an extremely talented t- uh, pass catcher, route runner. He does everything that you could possibly ask for out of a tight end. Um, I think it's something along the lines of like 80% or more of his all of his catches end up in first downs or touchdowns. Um, all he does is pick up big, big time yards, make big catches, um, put points on the board for Iowa State. So expect. Charlie Kohler to get to continue to get heavy usage in the game, especially because I'm guessing they'll probably try to attack the middle of that Sooner defense, um, right behind the linebackers, right in front of the safeties is where they love to hit the tight ends and, and the receivers too. Um, so expect them to go there early and often. They love they love to do that. I'm hoping that what, what happened against Oklahoma State is especially at, when they got down and even later in the game for whatever reason they instead of using the run game and the underneath passing game to bring the defense forward. And then you can start really picking away over the linebackers and deep. 
Um, they just kind of went to that gap in the defense every time. Ten, you know, that ten to twenty yard in the middle of the field. Um, they threw that. It threw. They threw it there basically every time for no discernible reason. Linebackers kept backing up, and eventually one of them kind of snuck into Brock Purdy's vision a few to well a few times, um, and picked off a pass. Um, but assuming they can, you know, they bring this the game plan back closer to center, and they start and they run the ball. They they throw some of the under the screen routes. Uh, some of the, the wide receiver screens to Deshante Jones and Tariq Milton to bring the defense forward. Um, Charlie Kohler, especially in the middle of that field and in on the corner routes too, uh, is really, really dangerous. So I would expect them to hit him quite a bit in the game as well. So talking about Brock Purdy on the offense, he showed a lot of promise as a freshman and for the most part, continue to look like one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12 conference. And how has he progressed for you guys from year one to year two? So right now, so for sure, right now he is a much, he's a more mature quarterback in that, you know, last year it was kind of, it was, it was kind of flying by the seat of his pants a little bit. He was improvising, making good throws and, um, but making some freshman mistakes and stuff like that. He was running and not necessarily sliding as well as he probably should have. But now you see him throwing the ball away more, not taking bad sacks, not getting taking, not taking big hits on the run. Um, he's still every bit as accurate. Um, Still got a great arm. Still throws a really nice deep ball. Um, you know, and he hasn't. His performance hasn't has not dropped off at all. I mean, you can. The offense is still as dynamic as it's been for a long, long time with him at uh, quarterback. And last week, you know, one of the things that I'm sure Oklahoma has no, has picked up on tape is that Oklahoma State ran a lot of combo coverage last week, where they'll uh, they'll have the corners basically in man, and safeties they may also be in man depending. And then they'll sit linebackers in the zone in the middle of the field. And Brock has had trouble with that um, through the first, basically, you know, he's basically been in for just a shade over one season. He's, I think he, this that was his 16th game, I think is what it was. Um, so he's, ba- you know, played just, you know, a season and a half of football, not quite. And, um, you know, he's, he's struggled a little bit when they, when teams throw combo coverage at him uh, and he'll get better at that. He's a hard worker. So he'll, you know, He'll keep reviewing film and stuff like that, and I would think Oklahoma probably is reviewing that and may try to run a little bit of that this week as well um, to see if they can take advantage of Brock. But when teams are running more traditional sets where there's just a where it's a cover two or something along those lines where they're trying to run straight up man, um, Brock is very very good at picking apart defenses when they don't try to when they don't mix things up things up bring weird blitzes um, things like that. He's basically it's basically the point now where teams defenses have to get very aggressive um, and they have to play against their own tendencies um, to throw Brock off. So, and I think he's going to keep getting better and uh, it's a enticing thing. It's a, it's a very exciting thing for us. You know, cause it's, it's actually really interesting because I would say has had a revolving door at quarterback for know, forever since 2009, 2009 Austin Arnaud was the last quarterback to start every single game of the season. You can believe it. Um, but the last few seasons, you know, we've had a bunch of quarterbacks rotate in and out, but they've all actually been generally pretty good. Yeah, Jacob Park, who was actually pretty good up until he just totally blew his gasket against Texas, and then Kyle Kemp comes in, does his thing, um, and then he gets hurt, and Zeb Nolan is actually okay for a few games, then craps his bed against TCU, but then Rock Purdy comes in, and he's good. <laughs> so um, the quarterbacks have actually generally been pretty good the last couple of years, or at least decent. Um, but Brock is a different kind, different type of player, and he's a he's a he's a really special talent. That he's as he matures, he's going to be re, he's going to be really really hard to stop. 
Now, on the defensive side, John Hecox groups, they've never really made things easy for Lincoln Riley's offenses over the past few years. Well, but yeah. how I mean, is the whole this... defense built around stopping Oklahoma, basically? <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be, I mean, to be totally honest, that. it kind of is. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's really what it is. How, uh, anyway, how does this defense compare to the ones we've seen over the past two seasons? Uh, so this one, so, um, the past few seasons, what you've really seen, I mean, you've seen a really, really good defensive line, and you have Brian Peavy and DeAndre Payne out on the corners that are just true, they're 100% true lockdown corners, that they would just they just take the receiver out of the play entirely. Um, the corners this year are not quite so locked down because they're young. Uh, they're good in flashes. Um, Greg Eisworth. This year, basically, Iowa State was really good. Um, has generally been pretty good up the center, but their but their strength was really on the outside at the corner spots and at the safety spots. Um, now, Iowa State's defense is really strong in the center of the field. Essentially, you have a bunch of really, really, really talented DNs. The defensive tackles are very good. Ray Lehman and Jamal Johnson um, is by I, I would I think a significant margin the best. Uh, defensive tandem in the in the conference um, as far as on the defensive line and then in linebacker groups you've got uh, Marcel Spears, Orion Vance, and Mike Rose and then you have Greg Eisworth roaming around uh, around the field and at the star spot and Lawrence White is having a really nice season as well so so the Iowa State defense is really strong up the center um, and then they have to kind of platoon to the outside Whereas before, I would say really locked down the edges and forced things into the middle of the field where they still had talent. Um, so it's a little, they're playing it a little bit kind of inside out instead of outside in. Um, same, same general concepts and everything like that. There really isn't necessarily a, a quote unquote weak spot necessarily, um, except for maybe if you try to test the corners deep down the sideline, that would be a point of concern for me. But the safeties have generally done a pretty good job of locking that up too. So, um, you know, performance-wise, they're roughly the same. Still don't really give up big plays hardly ever. Um, last week, they was a little bit of a fluke. Uh, kind of a couple blown tackles, and one of them, Greg Eisworth, tweaked his shoulder on, so he missed he missed the tackle on Tylen Wallace on that crazy catch-and-run that he had on a screen pass last week. Um, that's a tackle that Greg Eisworth makes 100% of the time, but he tweaked his shoulder on that one. Had he not done that, Mike, I'm fairly confident he makes that tackle, and Maybe that play doesn't happen. So, but he'll be back for this week. So he'll be running around the middle of the field, and it'll be a big good time. So, talking about some of the things that a couple of you guys are consuming right now, Bush Light, Bush Latte, Bush Latte, excuse me, has been actually this can does light, but say what? Technically, this can does say Bush Light, but but we can call it either way. Yeah. What is it? We can call it either way, Bush Latte. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is why? Where did the nickname Bush Latte come yeah, that's from? A good I mean, question. we need a little bit of etymology. I mean, if you're being, if I'm being totally honest, it's probably a bunch of drunk farmers sitting around a campfire and just making a joke because they're probably their, you know, their significant others were drinking a pumpkin spice latte around this time of the year, and guys drinking hunting hunting uh, the Bush Light with the hunting season cans, probably like oh, so I got yeah. my Bush Latte. I almost yeah. bought that kind, but it's orange and black, and we can't do that. Yeah, it's orange and green. Oh shit! Yeah, good call. Well, whatever. Port <laughs> Florida A and M. Bush Light has become super synonymous with Iowa State fandom, 
even to the point that the Alamo Dome actually stocked it for last year's Alamo Bowl. So like you, you're drinking it right now, Levi. Jack's drinking it. Yep. It's the it's pretty great. Why does it get the edge over the Natty Lights and the Keystone Lights of the world though? Uh, it just goes down smoother. Um, it's obviously extremely widely available up here. Um, it's 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 really easy to find bush light here. It's still fairly easy to find Natty Light for the most part. Um, Keystone Light's a little bit harder to find. Um, but it's just kind of I don't know. It's just been around for a long time and everybody drinks it. So you just kind of get indoctrinated into it. And then, but when you, I mean, but when you, you know, put it side by side with Keystone or Natty, it just goes down smoother. It's got a, doesn't have any weird bitter aftertaste or anything like that. It's just, I got to tell you, I have to agree at the moment. It's just a good solid drinking beer. It really is. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, all of them are, you know, water with a weird sort of aftertaste, but there's no weird aftertaste with this stuff. I think I, there might, isn't. It develop, just goes I think down. might be developing a habit here. I don't know. I, I like, I was I always you, kind I, of a. I tell, it's funny because every time we go, every time we it happened in Memphis too, where they we ran that damn city out of Bushlight too. And, they, and then San Antonio. Doing that on us. Beale Street's pretty impressive. Yeah. We, uh, they, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of funny too, because we, when we, because we went down to the, we went to the Liberty Bowl in 2000, was it 12, 2012? Um, and we went back there a couple of years ago and there was still like all the bar owners down there. I still remembered Cyclone fans from 2012 coming and drinking their faces off. So we went down to Memphis a few years ago and drank that place dry. And then when we went to the, when we went to the, uh, as soon as, as soon as the thing came out last year for, to go to the Alamo Bowl, um, I think it was while well, we actually tweeted out saying, like, you know, at the Valero Amable Twitter account saying, hey, you guys better have some bush light ready to go because uh, we're going to be looking for it. And then that was what set that whole thing off as far as them bringing the bush light guy down. And they had like, or they had like him, you know, the night before the game, they had the bush light guy driving around San Antonio in a van full of cases of bush light restocking bars and shit like that. And the, the, the morning of the game, we were at Howl at the Moon at like 10 o'clock. We had been, we had been drinking for an hour or two at that point. I was like, it was like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning. And I was going up to the bar, getting ready to order one or whatever. And someone else came up and, and uh, or Bush Light or whatever. And I I overheard one of the, the bartenders there was saying, uh, she, she's like, I think we were like almost out of Bush Light. And, so, and one of the other, like, the, like, I think it was, I don't know, it been a manager or a more senior bartender or whatever, looked over. She's like, you better not be saying that out loud. Or <laughs> just like call whoever you need to call. So they were like freaking panicking because they were running out of bush light at like 10 in the morning on game day. Jeez. And... <laughs> so are you guys going to drink all the bush light? Norman, what's the deal? Uh, see, I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't know what kind of contingent we're sending, sending down. I mean, I know see, the Dallas Fort Worth. question. Like, uh, I was going to ask, uh, how should we expect to see a nice Iowa State contingent in Norman this weekend? Because I mean, well, you I know, know obviously. I know the Dallas Fort Worth. I know the Dallas Fort Worth alumni base. A lot of them are coming up, and I would say has a lot of Dallas Fort Worth uh, alumni. And I know that group is hold the tailgate up there, and I think in Oklahoma City has a decent number of people. Kansas City might come down for that. Um, I would guess they'll probably have a decent chunk there. I don't know how many, um, just because it's kind of like Oklahoma City is kind of in a weird spot where it's just a little bit too far to drive. Yeah, well, it's not it's not too far to drive. But what is it like eight hours from Ames or something like that? I mean, it, yeah, it's eight or nine hours. Far. It's not it's not terrible. 
Um, but it's it's enough that it it's far enough that it'll discourage some people. Like if it like can't like and you're man, gonna have to connect a few times to get there on a flight too. Mm-hmm. So I mean mm-hmm. it's it's not that easy to get to, I guess. It's not. It for us it's not because like Des Moines, there isn't any flights from Des Moines to Oklahoma City, um, or anything like that. So it's it's a little like you pretty much have to drive down there for the most part, otherwise you're kind of wasting a bunch of time and money on planes. Um, but it's just far enough to discourage some people. Like people will drive to Manhattan, they'll drive to Lawrence, um, they'll fly to Texas, they'll fly, you know, they'll fly to TCU, whatever. But Norman and Stillwater are just kind of they're just kind of in weird spots where they're harder to get to. Um, people and actually we had a decent chunk fly out to Pittsburgh to go to West Virginia this year. Um, that's still on my but, bucket list. I need to eat pepperoni rolls in West Virginia. And I need to I'll go tell to Fermani you what, Brothers. Out there, Fermani Brothers. Fermani yeah. Brothers is, is the ticket. I lived out. I actually lived in Morgantown for a few months. Shit, um, all right. Yeah, it, it's a good time. It's a nice It's a nice little town. I thought um, about going to grad school out, there. Not, but, not yeah, much yeah. out there, but, you know, once you get outside of Morgantown, not much out there, but. Oh, man. Well, I'm sure it's going to come up a lot because, like, it does every single year. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to annoy the hell out of you because, again, this thing happens every single year. But with this upcoming off season, you know, we're getting into November. This offseason's yep. round of the coaching carousel and the turnover. Are Iowa State fans at all concerned about the possibility of, like, a Florida State or a USC nope. potentially hiring nope. away a Matt Campbell? Since Bob Stoops has already crossed off the list. Yeah, Bob Stoops has crossed off, crossed off the Tallahassee nope. list. There are There are three jobs on planet Earth that I would be – scared of Matt Campbell leaving for Ohio State, Notre Dame, maybe Michigan State, uh, like two and a half. Michigan State, I'm not super confident on. Ohio State, Notre Dame are the only two that genuinely worry me. And Ohio State obviously just just hired a brand new one, a brand new coach. Um, he's doing all right. Mm-hmm. He's doing fine. Um, well, and actually, it's funny too because Ohio State's coaches basically never they never get fired because of performance. They always get fired because they <laughs> do something bad. So like they yeah. Maybe Basically, Brian Day. I'm not, I'm not worried about this. Like, Ohio State's not opening up for a long time. And, uh, you know, Michigan State could, in theory, open up. But right now, you know, it, whenever D'Antonio retires. But, I mean, how much of a jump really – realistically, right now, in the two, the state of the two programs, how much of a jump is it from Ohio State to Michigan – or from Iowa State to Michigan State? Um and you know, and Notre Dame, I think Brian Kelly's going to be there for a little while. I mean, if he if he has a couple more seasons like the like if he has a couple more like bad if he he would have to have at least two bad seasons in a row, like of like six wins or something like that. He'd have to have two of those in a row probably to be to probably be in danger of getting fired. We're still a little ways from that. Um, but the thing about Matt Campbell too, there's there's a thing that a, a lot of people outside of the Iowa State sphere and especially outside of the Big Twelve. I don't realize about Matt Campbell is he one he doesn't actually have he doesn't have an agent he negotiates his own contracts. Right. Um, no Jimmy so he doesn't have somebody that's out there trying to squeal away for every single little penny that they can. You know he doesn't have another voice in his ear trying to tell him to go get more money. Um, and you can tell by every everything that he's ever said to indicate that he, he really doesn't care about money. He's more con- like. What he's cared about from a money perspective is, is are, his, are his assistants getting paid and is the university continually trying to upgrade facilities and things like that to help him win. 
Um, that's what Matt Campbell cares about. And he also cares about having fan support. He ha- cares about having an, a supportive athletic director that he's got a closer relationship with. He's, uh, he's, you know, he's, uh, that kept yeah. Bob Stoops in town for a long time when people thought he was going to be leaving. I mean, yeah. having a good relationship. Kept Gary Patterson in town for a long time. It kept Bill Snyder in town for a long time. Like, I mean, people, that's, that's just the, the thing that a lot of people don't realize about the, everybody assumes that Matt Campbell is just because he is such a rising star in the whole coaching world. They assume that, well, he's gone. Like the first time a half decent job opens up, he's gone. Well, he's already turned down something. Uh, what I've heard numbers anywhere between like eight and 10 different NFL jobs already. Um, mm-hmm. He basically told, he gave Tennessee the finger last year and uh, like when like Tennessee, Arkansas and USC the last couple of years when they've been open, you know, he basically didn't even return the phone call. I think Arkansas uh-huh. fans think they're getting John Gruden, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, Ar- I saw an Arkansas fan tweet that they were going to get Matt Campbell, too, and I, we all had a, had a good chuckle about that. the dumbest fan base in all of college football. I'm, I'm telling you, I, oh, I, I, okay, I okay, don't okay, rub okay, shoulders hold, with hold, fans that often, but, like, they're so fucking stupid. Hold, hold on. Hold More on. delusional than AM, A&M fans, I would say. Uh, man, I, you guys don't interact with Iowa fans enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would put hog fans over IF, Iowa fans in a heartbeat. Largely because the education system in Iowa is better than that of Arkansas. It's true. Well, see, that would have said that. See, what you, the problem Arkansas is they're the only program in that state, so they live in like a bubble, so there's no one to call them out on their bullshit. It, it, well, it, see, it's unique. It, it's, but I would argue Iowa's worse because there is someone to call them out on their bullshit, but they don't give a sh- They don't care, like, at all. <laughs> Like they just continued to be on their they're on their bullshit. Like for a Whatever. call, the fans do a pig suey chant. It is kind of cool, actually, though. It's a cool chant. Not into it. You know what Iowa does? Gator <laughs> chomp. But it's like a beef chomp, right? <laughs> what? Well, it's a hawk chop, as they call it. But it's a gator chomp, and they also have the Steelers uniforms, and they don't do anything. They original. do have Steelers uniforms. That's correct. I don't mind that. Well, yeah, they also. Man, they also yeah. didn't have school colors for a long time. They I was Iowa State's school colors were black, silver, and gold before <laughs> Iowa actually had school colors. Wait, and then what? we said Yeah. Iowa did not have school colors until like the eighteen eighties, like thirty years after they became a school. Iowa State's school That's colors were black, years. silver, and gold. All right. <laughs> and Iowa's like, screw that, we want school colors. So now we're gonna make our school color gold. And then I would say it's not nah, fuck that. We like we like red sweaters, so we des- we des- we dyed our sweaters red and put jersey numbers on them, which is like I think we were either the f- first or second team to do that. Um, and then Iowa State had a f- had their fight song before Iowa's, who suspiciously sounds a little bit like Iowa State's, um, even though they wrote it like twenty years after Iowa State wrote theirs. Um, they proudly. You know, Hayden Fry proudly copied the Steelers uniforms in the 80s. Their hawk chop is clearly the gator chomp. Um, yeah, but they will they will have you convinced. They will try to convince you that they invented the sun itself. That's they invented everything. They invented everything? everything. What else did they invent? I don't know. Pick something. Uh, Smash Mouth football. Oh, oh, Iowa definitely did that first. Hayden Fry patented it. They invented punting. I'm damn sure of that. Uh, that might be true. Just tossing in the white flag because of unfortunate things on offense is kind of an Iowa thing. 
All right. Let's switch to a more serious note. Would you rather fight a thousand duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Uh, probably a thousand horse duck-sized horses because horses in general are not aggressive animals. Whereas, well, I, mean, I think it's a duck though, not this a, is a fight. <laughs> so there's aggression is like inherent to it. Oh, so you're just implied implied aggression. Yes, it's this a fight. A, this is a pissed off horse sized duck or pissed off thousand duck sized horses. A thousand duck sized horses, though. That's a lot of horses. They're gonna duck. kick you in the shin like a mother. That's what I'm. T- that's that's what I always tell people. Like you, you're the first person to crack the case, other than me. You you are objectively correct on this. And those little teeth. Bite. They're gonna they'll, they'll kick yeah. you in the shin till the till they break till they break your fucking leg. Shit. And they'll keep kicking you in the head. It's not good. Horse-sized duck. I mean, ducks are kind of mean, but you could you could take it. Well, duck, ducks aren't that bad. Now, if it was a goose, that'd be yeah, a different geese different story. Mean. Ducks. If you had I mean, like a horse-sized goose, we'd all be fucked. Get a twelve gauge. Take care of it. That's dang going to take down a horse. That big, it might not do much to it. That was you know? like the, like the goose go honk and just <laughs> eat your fucking slug and then go eat your face. <laughs> I was riding a four wheeler one time, and a bunch of Canadian geese like swooped down and tried to like oh, knock God. me off the four wheeler. Not Canadian geese; they're Canada gooses. Yeah, Canada geese. Well, see, they're the only mean people in all of Canada. <laughs> Everyone else in Canada yeah. is nice. I mean, they're condescending, but they're nice. Why? You want to know why Mike Tyson never lost? You know why? Why Mike Tyson lost so few fights? Why? Because he never fought a Canada goose. Ah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh man! The only thing I can take down a Canada goose is another Canada goose. <laughs> Jeez, uh, Levi, what? Who is your favorite Iowa State alumni that didn't play a sport? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, um, do they have to have graduated? No, no, no. no. See, the thing is, yeah, alum does technically does not mean graduate. Like, alum just means you went to school there. A lot of people don't know that. I'm here to educate educate people on that. There's a a few options here, because you could go with, like, the easy one, which is, like, George Washington Carver. Or you could go with... I mean, all right. (laughs) That's a good one. We got a couple astronauts, a couple women suffragists, stuff like that. Um, that. Peanut butter, man. Peanut butter. Joni Ernst, um, I think... How many Another different one. ways did he come up with just for, to make just for the flavor? Good. We're gonna go with Nick Nolte. Ooh, oh shit! Ooh, all right, okay. Just okay. for some flavor. Yeah, that's Nick Nolte is a good one. He's a slightly less problematic version of uh, Gary Busey. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, basically, he was in the Wrestler, and he was good. I've Whoa. never seen a wrestler. He's good. How many different ways did George Washington Carver come up with? To use peanut butter? Uh, like 99 or something like that. I don't know. It was a shitload. And I honestly don't know if I remember. Technically, see, it's an urban... He actually did not invent peanut butter, but he invented like a thousand other things he can do with peanut butter. Yeah. Man, I feel I feel weird if I was that, that his dog or something like that. <laughs> oh, God. Damn it, dude. <laughs> go, how do you think he tested all those peanuts? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> figured out. I was thinking yeah, it. I wasn't gonna, gonna say it. Usually, I'm the one who says that stupid shit. And they're coming. Call me. I was gonna lick it off. It's a good use for a peanut. 
<laughs> he's gonna think of all these different ways he's gonna use it. I mean, you know maybe, maybe that's on the unwritten. The other, good, the other good alumni is the guy that invented the digital computer. Okay, well there you go. That's a good one. There you go. And <laughs> also the people that uh, refined the uh, uranium for the atomic bombs that got dropped on Japan that ended World War Two. That ended World War Two, but. How many? How many world wars did your camp. school won? I I mean, we did put the Mars rover on Mars, so there's that. Yeah, we proved by the computer. Mars, bitches. And we Mars. also had the uh, chemistry consultant for Breaking Bad, for all the meth stuff. Oklahoma's a prime yeah. candidate for meth. <laughs> God. All right. So to close this out, what does ISU have to do to pull off another upset Norman, and do you think it'll happen? Now we're going to talk about football. Um, yeah. Yeah, now we are. Took a long way around. Uh, okay, so what Iowa State needs to do... This has gone off the rails is, like seven times. Well, that's, it's your fault. Um, it, it, well, mutual. It's, well, it's, it's part of my fault. Um, I'll own that. <laughs> but anyways... So I would say, first and foremost, is Iowa State has to stick to. Hold on, has to stick to running the ball. Um, six speed. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, so last week Iowa State threw the ball 62 times, and nobody knows why, and it was terrible. And there's a very, you know, there's some causation, mostly court. Well, I shouldn't say that. Some correlation, mostly causation, that. When Iowa State runs the ball more than it throws the ball, it wins for the most part, like almost every time. And uh, as we saw in extreme versions against Kansas State and Army last year, when you run the ball successfully in Oklahoma and you keep the offense off the field, you have an okay shot at winning. And I think that will apply. I think that will hold up because Iowa State's got the running back, they've got the offensive line to do it, and they've got quarterback that can not only throw the ball downfield, excuse me, but can be a running threat on his own. Um, it's a lot of demand, it's a lot of things that you have to, you know, I, Iowa State's had like nine receivers catch a ball um, last however many games, and not even include the running backs. Um, so there's a lot of people you have to worry about if you're the Oklahoma defense. And if the offensive line continues to play well, Brock Purdy doesn't make any dumb mistakes. And more importantly, the offense goes back to being centered around running the football and picking up first downs with the tight ends and the receivers and keep moving the ball downfield. You know, you can try to take your shots and, you know, if you can take a shot downfield, go for it. But I'm not trying to force that in the, you know, in the game, like I would maybe with another team, like um, you're, you're, if you can go on long methodical drives. That's, that's good. Um, longer, more you can keep Jalen Hurts off the field, the better. Um, so a dedication to running the ball, not even a, not, not a stubborn dedication uh, to running the ball, but a, you know, at least a 50, 50 effort where you're going to, you're mm-hmm. going to run the ball as much as you can, as much as you can justify. And cause you've got the, you've got the, you've got the offensive line, the running back to do it. And you just got to do it. Keep the offense off the field, put yards on the board, score points, all that. All right. And, yeah. Running the ball. <laughs> I got one final thing. Before we go, uh, how are we feeling about the Iowa State basketball team this year? They're going to make the NCAA tournament. Oh, 
Right, well, after last night, I'm thinking they're going to be a fucking Final Four team. No, um, whereas they also literally played the worst team in Division One college basketball per Ken Pomeroy. Um, That's, those are the best rankings in all of basketball. I yeah, mean, I will take that good. to the grave. So last night, so obviously Tyrese Halliburton is going to be the kind of the pivot point for this whole thing. Um, last night he had 12 points, 14 assists, eight rebounds, six steals, and a block. Um, all right, that's a stat line. That's a good stat line. Um, he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be a 20 point, 25 points a game scorer for Iowa State to be successful. He just need if he does, yeah. You know, if he if he does the like the 12, 12, eight, and six type of thing. Um, that Nick Wilder Babb did a lot last year, and then occasionally maybe putting in 15 or 18 points, or maybe a 20 point game here and there. Um, I would say it'll be just fine. Prentice, Nick, what you're going to see this year too is you're going to see a team that is a lot more aggressive on defense, and that they're going to. Uh, what we saw last night was really, really active hands getting out, jumping, passing lanes, uh, poking the ball away, forcing turnovers. Because this team has it has shooters that that can definitely knock them down. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, Michael Jacobson, Trey Jackson, Caleb Grill all can really shoot it. Prentice Nixon can hit him. Rashear Bolton can hit him. Um, when the team it, when the team is knocking down threes, um, they're going to be really, really difficult to stop because they are an ex- they're an extremely athletic bunch that will definitely try to run as much as they possibly can. Um, when they're in the half court, you know they're still going to try to get their shot. They'll be fairly methodical in the half court. Um, but they are going to try to push the ball as much as they possibly can, especially in transition, because uh, they'll be more athletic than most teams they face this year. Um, it's just a matter of them knocking down outside shots. They've got the guys to do it. Um, and last night they started off slow and then picked it up in the second half. Um, but if their if their defensive intensity uh, holds up and they can continue to make threes, I think I would say it's going to be much better than people think they're going to be. I think there's a chance that they could finish top three in the conference, maybe better. Um, I would say right now I would be just based obviously one game, but you know, a lot of what we saw too was not just, they were playing a bad team. They were, they were doing things that we had not seen. Iowa State even do against bad teams for a long time where you're generating lots and lots of steals. You're playing really, really good defense. Um, you're sharing the ball. I tell you what, um, the, in the last few years, Iowa State, uh, you know, Iowa State basketball, we've seen a little bit of uh, a little bit more ISO ball and stuff like that, just because of the people we had last year. You saw lots of it with Mario Shayok, Taylor Horton Tucker, all that. Um, the year before that with Linda Wigington. Um, but before that, you know, Iowa State had those really, really great offenses, partially because the ball movement was always just superb with Monte Morris and George Niang and stuff like that. There was the ball was always just flying around. All, all over the place. And it was an excellent, excellent ball movement. And we got away from that for a couple of years. And sometimes it led to some really ugly offensive games. But last night, the ball flew around like I had not seen it in a, do in a long time. Um, and there was a lot, there was more defensive intensity than I've seen, than I had seen since probably before Fred Hoiberg got here. Um, when they're, you know, they're, they're still young. So there'll be some nights where they are just not knocking down shots and maybe they're making a couple of dumb mistakes. So there could be some bad games, but their ceiling is extremely high. And after what we saw last night with Kansas and how shaky they looked, um, I think I, Iowa State has a potential to be contending right there at the top with like maybe like a Texas Tech or somebody else. Well, watch out for Davion Harmon come the spring. That's all I can say. And Austin Reeves, deceptively athletic uh, 
gritty, every adjective you can think of. Except to be athletic as a, as a uh, phrase they use for who. What are you talking about? Deceptively athletic. I don't know. I don't know. Every well, white receiver ever. Frost and Reeves. Former Wichita State Shocker. That's true. Newark, Arkansas native. Well, Levi, we are here for season. a good time and not a long time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And a long time, though. Well, I say, yeah, I say, I, we've, been here, we've been here for a little while now. Where can we we are, we're you? here for a good time and a long time. Where can we find your work, Levi? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find well obviously i I run wide right now light so obviously pretty much anything i write is going to be on there um most probably 90 percent, 90 or more percent of my iowa state related tweets um just come from the wide right the main wide right account which is at wide rt natty lt um i have a i have a personal twitter as well that's a lot of just other random crap um that is at levi r stev stev um that one, if you're, that one's a lot of other stuff. It's not. It's mostly. It's actually. It's almost entirely non-Iowa State, but it's um, also not a lot of college football there. Just other random stuff, video games, woodworking, grilling, stuff. Oh yeah, I mostly retweet uh, King of the Hill memes on my yeah, personal account. Good so, stuff. Yeah, that's where that's. I can for. appreciate that. I uh, I follow like well between the between like two K. About that, because one of the one of the well, there's another one. Uh, one of one of the developers of NBA 2K is an Iowa State grad. Um, nice. that's Zach. Um, so I I talk to him once in a while about the game and stuff like that. And then, but I follow stuff with 2K, and then um, then I uh, also just got I just got a new gaming PC this week, so I'm getting doing sure. some more of that stuff. I play D and D, so I. Sometimes I tweet out my fucking. I I, I don't know if either of you guys play D and D or whatever, but um, good time. A red but the group, you guy. The group, the the group that I'm a, a DM for is a bunch of freaking. So we okay. really short tangent is that we play this game called Starfinder, which is based on D and D, but it's in space, and you get a you get a ship, and my dumbass group named there's the Millennial Falcon. Nice. <laughs> Um, so sometimes I tweet out their dumb shit from our D and D. Well, follow Levi then. There you go. <laughs> if you like uh, tweets about D and D and everything else in between that, man. But hey, thank you for coming on the podcast. Why well, write Natty Light on Twitter is a fantastic. Yeah. Follow, oh, it's one of my favorite follows. Yeah, they're, they're great. You, you and Red Dirt Sport are always talking back and forth, and I really appreciate. I, that. I like going back and forth with him. He's good. He's good. Sport. He's a, he's a good dude. Yeah. I like I like going back and forth with him. I like going back and forth with pretty much everybody except for Baylor fans. They kind of suck, but I'll go back and forth yeah. about anybody. Yeah. Or Viva the Matadors. Well, yeah, yeah, I would say them as well. They've gotten a little bit better the last. I don't even know they've what you want to call it. They've been reprimanded. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they got a slap on the wrist or something. I don't know. But they've gotten a little bit better recently, but they're still kind of on my shit list. But, you know, I like talking with you guys and with Cowboys Ride for Free and Frogs of War and Bring on the Cats and Smoking Musket. People get, you know, and that's kind of the funny thing about the Big 12, too, is that just because we're like, we're kind of our own thing and we can't, and the Big 12 kind of gets forgotten in the national picture sometimes that like, we kind of, we're kind of a big family. Like, yeah, obviously when, 
when we're playing each other, we like to rib each other a little bit, and you know, it's it's competitive and it's good fun, whatever. But like, if someone from the outside the conference tries to jump in and try to criticize the Big Twelve, like everybody jumps to everybody's defense. Like everybody's kind of a like we're all we're all family here. I Unless like that tech. a lot. Unless it's Tech or Baylor. Baylor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can't do it. Same. So, like yeah. someone someone the other day was like they. I think it was Max Olson from the Athletic. Maybe said like I could like I can envision a scenario in which they let you know they put one at one loss Alabama or one loss LSU in over undefeated Baylor, quoting you know citing that they want the, the best teams or whatever. And I was like, that's fine. I got hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, if it was like if it was Oklahoma, if it was like undefeated anybody else in the conference, I'm like, oh that's bullshit. But if it's undefeated Baylor, I don't even care. Like leave them out. <laughs> Well, Baylor shouldn't Whatever. have a football program, so that's fine. Yeah. Oh, they shouldn't. They should True. have gotten the SMU True. tournament. And see, and that was—it's kind of funny too because all the you know, we've been like, especially Iowa State fans have been like, I don't know, maybe more vocal than some fan bases as far as just like us getting on like going at it with Baylor. Um, but you know, obviously we lost to Baylor this year, or whatever. And they were like, "Oh, you're just mad about everything." It's like, no, dude, you don't understand. We could have won by sixty, and I still we'd still not like you. Like we were, you were tolerable for like a year or two there when you were like one and eleven. You were just a punching bag for everybody else, and it was a little bit easier to tolerate because it was at least a free win for us. But see, now you're getting back good again. Now it's just kind of annoying. Like you shouldn't have been here in the first place. That's true. But I think that about wraps this up. Thanks for coming on the pod. Thank you. Always <laughs> a like good time. Always a good time. Yeah. Till next time, man. Thank you. I thank you for having me on the pod. I enjoy coming on on your guys' pod. Absolutely, man. But we'll check you later. All right, Jack. So this is what's going on right now. Not long ago, the college football playoff, the first rankings college football playoff came in, and they were very fond of the Big 12 in this essence. Very. They, they even ranked Oklahoma State. Kansas State at, what, 16? Uh, and, man, as far as Oklahoma State's concerned, you look at OSU's remaining schedule. They're off this week, and then it's West Virginia and Kansas until Bedlam. Yeah. That's going to be, if Oklahoma's able to win in Stillwater, that's going to be a quality win. That is three ranked games in a row. Three. Well, three out of four. TCU's oh, not I, for, I forget about TCU. Yeah. Three out of four ranked games. Well, Iowa State's not ranked. I thought they so were. Two out of four. Iowa State's not ranked. Kansas I, State's ranked. I thought they ranked Iowa State 20. Oh, no. OSU's 23. Yeah. But still, those are. It's going to be four good wins in the eyes of the community. Yeah, and many of them are night games where everybody's watching. Yeah. And uh, Oklahoma comes in at Baylor number nine. Baylor might get uh, game yeah. day. Baylor will be, it'll be under if they can win primetime lights. And uh, yeah, it, it'll be subject to a game day, college game day visit, unless they get Big Fox, whatever they, they call their evening games. I don't even Big know. Big noon. It's terrible. But Oklahoma... They've got the usual suspects in front of them. Like, and it's funny because Oregon could have lost this past weekend. Utah could have lost this past weekend and given the Sooners a lot of help. And they both got down early and kind of even big early, double digits early. And none of those things went their way. And um, so, I mean, the Sooners have been further down. I think, the, I think in 2015 they were in the teens. They were. And then they decided to rip off a championship November, and there they were against Clemson in 2015. 
and they they just really seemed to like it was really weird they were aided largely by a very strong closing stretch i mm-hmm. mean you know baylor tcu and osu were all very highly ranked at that point and the the college football playoff committee they even mentioned that they look at oklahoma's win versus houston in a more positive light because they said Derek king was playing then so that that team was different and that's more that's more uh respect towards oklahoma and i was like that's they're actually looking at things that is not how it's been in the past. Yeah, they're actually taking some context into wow. uh, the equation here, so that's kind of nice. But granted, you've watched how the college football playoff committee operates in the past. Yep. They will change their criteria from week to week they and will. Then give some half-assed explanation for it. My advice would be to take all of this with a mountain of salt. Yep. Not a grain of salt, a mountain of salt. I mean, it's just, I mean, you just have to use your own logic here, essentially. Yeah. Root for the Pac-12 teams to stumble. Root for a little bit of chaos in the SEC. Not a huge amount. Maybe root for Auburn against Alabama. Yeah, we'll know a lot more by conference championship weekend. Yeah, of course. We'll know a, a, a lot more as far as... But don't. I would say don't trip about one team being ranked ahead of the other. That's at this true. Point, exactly. Or even three weeks from now. Yeah, a lot can happen. I mean, end of November, maybe. Right now, yeah. Well, right now Bob Stoops is supposed and to be. Don't listen to Heather Dinich. Just Heather, let just oh, just ignore crazy. her. Bob Stoops. She says, just she just comes on and says, "Well, the playoff committee." Stresses the four best teams. That's a marketing slogan for the playoff yeah, 100%. committee. Yeah, 100%. That's all it is. The playoff committee is not there to choose the four best teams. Nope. They're not there to choose the four most deserving teams. They're ch- there to choose the four teams that make the most sense. Mm-hmm. And they've done a pretty good job of that in the past. Sorry, TCU, Baylor. It, with the exception of that. That's about it. But then Ohio State ended up winning the national championship. It's so true. It's true. But Bob Stoops should be the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, so I'm told from a local outlet media. And okay. then, and I then mean, he told everybody else, like, then Kirk and Carrie are like, no, no, I just talked to all. him. And he said he was just doing and an extra. And everyone outside of Tallahassee was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, everyone understood that this was BS from the jump. I thought maybe Mark Stoops. Maybe Mark Stoops. How funny would it be if it was Mike Stoops? Well, see, it would be funny even if it was Mark Stoops after this whole thing went down. It would be hilarious. And it would be not a good hire, even though he used to coach at Florida State. But, Mm -hmm. like, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I worked in FSU Sports Information Office. I know the parties involved in these reports. And the minute I saw them, I was like, this is fucking hilarious. And FSU fans were going to get worked up over it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I had some FSU people texting me, like, hey, this what's the deal here? And I'm like, this is bullshit. It's not happening. I mean, the if you watch, like, local TV in Tallahassee, they have nothing on, like, the quality of, like, OU Nightly. Really? <laughs> and then, like, like, as far as picture quality, like, quality of, like, presentation, journalism, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it it's pretty ridiculous. And that was one of the sources there. And the other was a guy... In Tampa, who's a hot taker. Yeah, he's a hot taker from Tampa. My favorite quote was... Shocker that he would be full of shit, you know? Dusty Dvorak was like, he's not going anywhere. I have a good source. And I was like, Dusty, we all know you're talking about Bob Stoops. (laughs) 
Like, we all know you're talking and about. logic <laughs> would tell you that he's not going to go there. I mean, he's, he stopped coaching at OU because largely because the rigors of recruiting yeah. and, you know, relating to the young kids and stuff like that. Does he strike you as someone who's going to jump into getting into recruiting battles with uh, to rebuild Dan the Mullen, program. Nick Saban, yeah. Kirby Smart, uh, Miami? I mean, Manny Diaz, I guess. I mean, Miami fucking sucks right now. But, like... Uh, they still do get recruits, though, so I could, he's not going to want to get embroiled in all of that crap right I now. I could see him maybe at Florida, but not at Florida he, see, State. See, well, neither of them. I mean, he's not going to want to jump into that kind of recruiting right. stress. I mean, right. it's the same deal at Florida. I mean, Florida State is a very good job from yeah. a recruiting standpoint. I mean, you're about 20 miles from the Georgia border and about four hours from Atlanta. You're six hours from New Orleans. You're about... You know, two and a half hours from Jacksonville, four hours from Tampa, four hours from Orlando. You can get Miami kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is a great place for recruiting, but he doesn't want to deal with that shit, does he? Yeah, that's why he he's has in to the get XFL. his hands dirty. And the, I mean, the recruiting down there is a little dirtier than it is up mm-hmm. here. I mean, it's pretty dirty up here, but not as dirty as it is down that's there. True. So, who could envision him wanting to come back into that after delusional Florida State throwing fans. into the hat? Or throwing in the hat up, uh, or throwing in the towel, whatever. Florida State fans. Norman, but yeah, FSU fans. FSU Twitter is unconquered. Always. Oof. Um, the Sooners basketball team, after playing a scrimmage, essentially, with Southeastern Oklahoma State, Dennis Rodman, shout out. Yeah. They, uh, they actually played a regular season basketball game against one of their former coaches, Steve Henson, since the... Uh, Final Four team with but with Buddy Heald and Jose Cousins. Yeah, very good. Oklahoma misses him quite a absolutely. Quite a I bit. would say so. And um, they uh, there was no Christian Doolittle because he apparently played in an unsanctioned summer league game with uh, without reporting it or, or something good like job, that. Good job, NCA. Tip of the hat to and you. And so I mean, they he really was laying down the law there. He was suspended for one game and. It was only UTSA, and it was a close game in the first half. Only because no one could hit shots on either No one could hit shots. And then Austin Reeves, just uh, he just started doing everything, shooting it, Euro he's step. He's got a little sauce to him. Oh, I he's mean, good. He's, he's definitely expanded his game during his redshirt season. And UTSA is no slouch. They, uh, they no, have, I mean, they they're picked two... to finish second in Conference USA. Yeah, they're, I mean... they're, it's pretty good competition. Oklahoma's got a bunch of young guys that are good, like Devion Harmon and um, you've also got the you, two redshirt guys. I mean, the guy like yeah. Kirk Weth, I mean, he redshirted last year and then Reeves who redshirted with the transfer. And then, you know, two freshmen, uh, Jalen Hill and, uh, Victor Iwakor. Yeah. Both of whom are very athletic and lengthy, very able. And then you add in, and both can shoot. You add in a Jamal B the man yeah. had, the man had now playing off the ball. But granted, they're kind of staggering the yeah. minutes for those two. It's kind of like Harden and Westbrook. A little bit. Like uh, letting them play point guard at different stages Except of the game and then letting them both play late in the game. Both of these guards play defense. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, uh, and Biennemi, he's great. Sad uh, Thunder fan right lengthy. here. Lengthy. And you have, of course, Brady Manick is back, and they're they're playing him at center sometimes, and that kind of scares me a little bit. It does. I mean, he's put on a little bit of weight, but not quite enough. But he's gonna get he's gonna get bullied by. Azubuki See, that's that's the Kansas. thing. Like, I mean, I think offensively, this team is gonna be really, really, really formidable. They're gonna run perimeter defense. Gonna be perfect. 
But one of the biggest glaring issues over the last two or three years has been being bullied in the post against good competition. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't see that changing this year, unfortunately. Yep. They're going to run. It's, but... I, I see a tournament team this year. Oh, I do. But I don't see a team that's capable of truly competing for the Big Twelve or anything like yeah. that. Just just because of that. But they they were they were they were fun to watch. I caught I caught the. Oh, replay. they're going to be really fun to watch this year. Yeah, that, caught... that starting lineup is salty. I it mean, is. when you get Doodle back, it's nice. I ca- I caught the replay after the Thunder game, and they were, you know, the first half was the first half, and then you watch the second half, and you just watch Austin Reeves just take over completely, and then that's without the services of Christian Doolittle, who they found out. Really late last year, he was their go-to man. Yeah, like I mean, you could run an <laughs> offense through him and out. Yeah, I mean, you so. watch that Ole Miss game, and I mean, he didn't have necessarily the best statistical game, but he was the straw that stirred the drink the entire time. He was, you know, commanding double teams and able to kick it out to guys on the perimeter. I mm-hmm. mean, he was, he was formidable. And another and he was down the stretch throughout the year, like through the entire, I guess, conference season. I mean, whenever they focused on Christian Judelittle offensively, good things happened. Yeah, exactly. Another interesting thing that happened this week, Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. Besides the fact the first half was just garbage and everybody was very upset. The Cowboys are going to win that division. Yeah, they will. Jason Garrett's going to keep his job because he's a yes man. And oklahomans are very excited for that because that means one more year with lincoln riley at least i honestly don't know if he would leave regardless but that takes it out of play yeah is the thing but what was in play black cat in the field yeah they zoomed in on this cat's face like five times that was probably the most fun i'd watch watching a nfl football game in a while like did you see the cat on the field i did yeah it's a bad omen for the giants bad omen for the giants yes yeah, because I was thinking, ooh, when's the last time I saw a black cat on the field? And uh, not long. I think of like the Cubs. I mean, didn't yeah. they have a black cat black on the cat. field? Yeah. And they wasn't Back when that, they were cursed. Wasn't that long after Halloween? So yeah. And then they then they tried cornering. I was like, oh no, that cat's gonna yeah. jump on somebody's leg and claw him, and then they just chased him out the stadium. Yeah, I, I would I would walk away from that. I don't want any part of that. But more importantly, um, if you have an Xbox or a PlayStation. So the NCAA has now proved that, you know, for player likeness, that they will start compensating. Well, that they will talk about they'll, they'll, it. They'll, they're, talk, they'll they're, talk about it's, compensating, It's basically yes. nothing, but, like, yeah. It, 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 it's taking the initial steps of compensating yeah. players for using their likeness. And EA Sports was like, yeah, we will totally... No, uh, EA's been on board from the beginning. Yeah, they're like, I we mean, will totally, definitely consider remaking NCAA football um, should these steps be taking uh, place. And... A, a subtle step in the right direction seems to be have done and so i mean like i still play instead of play 14 in a dynasty with a group of like 13 10 11 guys whatever and it, it can be pretty fun and uh you know if you could what, what would instead of play 21 be what would, what would that look like what See, changes would they make to that game one thing that i've thought about recently the national intrigue for fcs football has imp- increased recently it has I would not be surprised to see them have a bit more detail with the rosters with the FCS and mm. also include the playoff in that. Oh, yes. I think I think people would be down with that. A lot of people would, like, if you want to do, like, the coach mode for, like, the dynasty or whatever, mm-hmm. I would, I would, it would be kind of fun to start your career down in the FCS. FCS ranks, like Eastern Washington. Yeah, or I that. think that would be dope. And then, like... And have all the stadiums. And I then mean, they the would have field. to... 
they would have to for uh, FBS. They would have to instill the cultural playoff of course, as well. Yeah. So if you're like you know, if you have a loss, if you're playing in a dynasty with you know some friends, and you you take one loss. Your season's already over because you have eleven other guys that they might just go undefeated, or you know, some of them. And in this new, you know, foundation. Oh, there's four teams in, top four teams. You went out. You have a pretty decent shot to still compete for the national title. So that's cool. But what, what, like a, a concept I would like to see in the new NCAA football game should be made is um, a Making it less, making it less. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Less easy. That's what I'm looking for. More difficult. How it's let's say more difficult to score because NCAA 14 is just automatic. See, yeah, there. Every version of NCAA had a different play that would work, regardless of how you executed. Mm-hmm. There was one year, I think it was 13 or 12, where the curl route, if you timed it perfectly, there there was no defending it. Like mm-hmm. period. Like, I mean, it was, in every year, there's something, there's always one play that works every time or doesn't work every time. I remember, I think it was like five or six, like the end around, mm-hmm. it would never work, ever. And then the next year, it would work every time. Yep. So, they would have to work out those kinks a little bit. And it's like uh, 2K in Madden now, where every year when somebody gets the download, and they're like, geez, it's just so hard to score. Like, they made scoring more difficult. Like, well, that's kind of realistic football there. And so that's one thing. Another thing I like to see is, and they won't ever do this because, of course, there's no cheating in college football, but I'd like to see <laughs> the dirty sides of recruiting taking place and bagmen and NCAA violations on universities. Because if this was not a collegiate institution and you had just professional, if it was professional athletes and stuff like that, if it was an amateurism, they might put those you know, concepts into the game. But since it is college and since it is education based and from the NCAA, they are the NCAA's not, got their name stamped on yeah, it. Yeah, so. they are not gonna allow uh, bribe and bag men to come in and. I really spend don't know if dollars. it's gonna be here by twenty twenty one though. I don't because I think the caveat might. that was in that press release that was it, it said within the collegiate model. Yeah. So. I don't know how it's gonna work. Who the hell knows? But I feel like it's gonna work eventually. It has to. I would think so eventually, but I, I just don't know how soon it's going to be. What's This be- is a nice step. Yeah, definitely. Just saying, hey, we're going to open a dialogue. True, true. Well, what's more fun, and I got a really big laugh out of this, was Burn Origination was talking about... Friends Burn Origination. Yeah, they, they were talking SB about... Nation Community, Vox, parent company. Um, How fans are really angry with Tom Herman, and they list out his accomplishments, and they say, "Yeah, it's a nice things like oh, Sugar Bowl win, like yeah, they won Sugar Bowl, and they won several games like last season, and they have had All Americans and yada yada." And then they, of course, my favorite was they listed they listed a uh, conference championship game appearance versus OU as one of their accomplishments, and I laughed for a good ten minutes, like you are. Hey, at least their expectations are realistic. You I mean, are. I think it's part of it is because of the past decade has been so rough for them. But it's, so they're back to normal, which is being second best in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, I'd say that's like that's their history. See, it, yeah, of course, that is but, their history. I mean, if they had expected to win the Big Twelve, then we would laugh at them too. So it's true. I feel like they're 
being a bit realistic here. It's so, I mean, funny. I can't really knock them for it, you know but, what I mean? But they're like, oh, well, Oklahoma gets to the college football playoff and chokes, and they can't win it, and they hang banners, and here they are. Oh, they made a conference championship game appearance versus OU. Okay, you're, you're supposed to. You're Texas. <laughs> you literally have the most resources. OU and Texas should make the conference yeah. championship game every year. Yeah, Texas has the most resources, players, money, boosters, everything available to them in college football. They have more than Alabama. And that's probably why their expectations are so high, even though their history suggests it shouldn't be that high. Maybe their fans are really high. It's the biggest underachiever in the history of the sport. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's like having... Even with five national championships, it's, you know... Having the wealth of the Yankees, but not doing nothing with it. Like, really? Or was it four national championships? I think it's four. Yeah, it's four. Four. It's Nebraska that has five. But having the wealth of the Yankees, but not being able to ever do anything with it. That's, That's the Texas Longhorns football team. But... They won head to head against Oklahoma more times than not. Like, dude, shut up. Like, Most of those were before World War yes. II. Oklahoma owns that series since World War II and in general. Even um, Ian Boyd acknowledged he that. Did. He did. He the said he didn't want to. King of mental gymnastics. Yes. And very good guy. And very smart. But still. Well, Jack, Halloween is over. And I, I, I bought discounted Halloween candy. It's great if you want some. I can't you know, eat candy. I, oh, that's right. I forgot. That's, yeah. It's great. And, um, uh, yeah, it is great. It's championship November, but more importantly, here's... What were you for Halloween? How about that? Well, I I don't even remember what I did for Halloween. Did you just black out or what? I think... I don't know. I really have no idea what I did for Halloween. I was Hawaiian punch for Halloween. I wore a Hawaiian shirt and a Hawaiian hat and a hula skirt. Oh, you're and, that kahuna guy. And coconut boobs, the uh oh, hell yeah. thing. And I wore boxing gloves that I got at Academy, so I was Hawaiian Punch. punch. How about that? That's Not good, too bad. That's a good that's a got good got a lot of compliments on that. Oh one. hell yeah. P- and people knew the people yeah, understood. Yeah, well I told them and then they were like, ah so there you go. That's good. Good stuff. If they didn't know already. The most important question though is that not that it's championship November, is do you skip the idea of Thanksgiving and just go straight to Christmas Hell after Halloween? No. Hell no. All right, tell well, me Well, see, it. I don't skip Thanksgiving. I incorporate them at the same time. I feel like they're intertwined. I need to know more. They've got a good vibe. They, they See, they have a similar vibe to them. It's a deal where you're meeting up with family and yeah. uh, community and stuff like that. You're eating similar food at both things. It's true. It's cold. You're watching football. Mm-hmm. They're kind of intertwined. I mean, you, you don't, they're not mutually exclusive as far as celebrating them. You know what I mean? The decor yeah. is not that different. It, it's kind of whatever. I mean, and Thanksgiving is the bomb, obviously. Do you prefer ham or turkey? Me and Seth agreed on this earlier. Uh, ham. I, I, I go ham. Ham, 100%. I go ham on the ham. Yeah. See, I do both, though. Like, I mean, I, I, get, I get a plate of both. I, do you, for turkey, do you prefer uh, white meat or dark meat? I go dark meat. Dark meat's good. Dark yeah. meat's good. I prefer dark meat. You know, I'm one of the people that, as soon as Halloween's over, I'm not decorating for Christmas. But will I turn on Christmas music occasionally? Yes. Are you a Mariah Carey, uh, all I want for Christmas is you type? You better believe it, buddy. You don't like it? Have you uh, heard the slowed down version of that? It's kind of creepy. No, but I'm gonna try. I guess I can just yeah, play it at half speed yeah, in a second. Yeah. 
Google it. Um, it's weird. Are you Black Friday shopper? No, fuck no. Have you ever been? No. Hey man, it's so good. Why? Okay, let me let me set you. If a you scene. think I want to deal with that shit, I mean, absolutely not. So like, I worked in retail during. I buy Christmas gifts like the week of Christmas. Oh, so you're one of those. If, if they don't get like, I'm not buying a like an Xbox for anyone. I mean, I'm not. That's true. I'm, yeah, that's true. I uh, I worked in retail during undergrad to support my. Uh, gas in my car and other needs uh and uh black friday was the worst actually it was just meant 5 p.m thursday into friday you know what so. i do on black friday i watch college football i yeah. never leave the house yeah and i eat leftovers for a week i let yeah. other people deal with the bullshit but it's like it sucked as an employee but man because i worked at target but as an adult me and my fiance just look at each other like hey let's go see not not the beginning because it's too crazy. The beginning too crazy. Let's go two hours in. It's died in, died down quite a bit. It's still busy, but it's died down. We see a TV, it's supposed to be four hundred fifty dollars. It's marked down to two hundred, and we're like, okay. oh, this is not a gift for any. This is our gift to ourselves. Yeah, treat yourself exactly. So that's what I my yeah. the beats I'm wearing right now. These things are marked down like one hundred fifty dollars. I said, well, I'm going to treat myself. On Black Friday, by coming here, so I bought these uh these uh these beads. So you know it's it's I like the I like giving to myself. You know I don't go to Black Friday to buy for other people. I'm not that type of person. I'll go to see ooh things that are super marked down. I can get that. See now like I'm kind of on board with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you might check it out. You Probably it out. won't. But... You won't, but you know you might. You have, see, Friday, you still have the lingering itis. You the don't itis. move. Yep, the itis is the turkey, very real. The turkey and the wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. But, uh, yeah, man, it is. It's Wednesday, and by the time people listen to this, it'll be Thursday. Uh, what are your plans for the weekend? Are you going to the game? Yeah, I'm going to the game. Of course I'm going to the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, night game, hell yeah. It's not an 11 a.m. game. I'm not going to be like, oh, whatever. I'm kind of hungover. I'm not going to go. This is a 7 p.m. game. Obviously going to go. The weather during the day isn't supposed to be that bad. I think high of like low 60s. Yeah. Sunny. I mean, kind of cold at night. I don't, well, I don't wear hoodies, but like uh, I'm a, more of a pullover guy. Yeah. But like uh, anyway, to each their own. But like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to go. I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, Friday, I've got friends coming in from out of town. It's sort of being treated as homecoming. Mm. And like... Um, I think Friday I'm going to end up at Anatomy Wine Club. You ever been there in the Mm-mm. plaza? Mm-mm. I've heard good things. I'm going to check it out. So Report back. So I will report back. Absolutely. But yeah, this this weekend I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch some college football. There's some pretty big games on really this weekend. Really good. Yeah, Alabama. I, I love that Alabama LSU's at 2.30 so yeah, we can watch it. I can watch it and then go. Or, or what I might do is... Um, I might uh, hit up some tailgates. Yeah, there you go. Um, I Plus, might, you know, Campus Corner, you can see it on the big screen. You too, can. So. You can. Uh, hit up some tailgates, specifically Brady, Tra- Brady Trantham. I keep on ghosting his tailgates. Like, i just been caught in traffic and getting too busy. And like, I, I just, I feel bad. And I know Brady's going to listen to this and be like, you're a piece of crap. But, like, I promise I'm not avoiding you, Brady. I love you so much. But, um,. Hit up some tailgates, watch the LSU-Alabama game, see what I need to know for the college football playoff going Some other forward. interesting Big 12 oh, games, yeah. too. I mean, Kansas-Texas, or Kansas State-Texas, yeah, I mean, that's be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. 
And like you got to hope Kansas State wins that game to prove that, you know, and honestly, Texas, they're not good. No, they're not. They're, they're getting not. Caden Stearns back this week, though. Ooh. They're not going to make the Big 12 title game. No, they're not. Uh, but, yeah, so a lot of things going on this weekend, but that's about it for me. You have anything else? I'm good. Well, why don't you guys go ahead and follow us on CrimsonCreamMachine.com. There's a lot of stuff dropping every single day. I think, oh, uh, Alan wrote that, the Kohler Express. Was that the yeah, title? it was. What a great title. Absolutely. What a great title. And Alan occasionally delivers with the pun game. Yeah, it's or so not good. not pun necessarily, but... The pl- well, whatever. Yeah, it's it's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. And then, of course, his best I think was when OU was about to play Virginia in the round of thirty-two, and he said Oklahoma can wait to meet Virginia. That was the best one. That's great. Very good stuff mm-hmm. from Allen there. One hundred percent. But if you're into Twitter, follow us on Twitter. You follow Jack at CC Machine or on his personal account at J Larry Shields, like he says earlier. You know, it just drops a bunch of kingly hill without context screenshots which are nice i I, of course i started following them because you retweeted one of them actually it's great stuff i think other people have too yeah i'm spreading the word i'm at kmrabi and ccm and follow alan kenny who dropped uh, one of his odds podcasts with his brother yesterday i believe Mm -hmm. at blaine homerism so yeah there's a lot of stuff going on a lot of things to be excited about in championship november absolutely and shout out to my uber driver donovan so 100 yeah jack's got what how many four five four bush lights he polished off during the more than that but yeah. the talk uh with levi but we're on itunes spotify stitcher google google play podcast guys give us a five-star rating we really appreciate it we really appreciate the feedback and we'll check you guys later